0: My name is Javier Carlin, and welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the top business growth strategies that I'm currently using to grow my own business and to help you grow yours, using only the best insights and advice from top industry leaders. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Healthcare Business Radio. This is your host, Dr. Javier Carlin. And today I'm excited to bring you a very special guest, Jordan Mather. Jordan is the founder of Clinical Marketer, a coaching company that helps physical therapy practices scale to six to seven figures. He recently started his own cash-based physical therapy practice in Scottsdale, Arizona uh, with his partners, and they're documenting the journey of hitting the goal of 100K k month in one year. Yeah. Heck yeah. How's that for a
1: stupid, ridiculous goal?
0: That's right. <laughs> oh man. Well, Jordan, man, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm excited for this uh, podcast interview. Pleasure's all mine, man. Obviously you're like a genius of your craft and uh, we, obviously we're buddies that go back uh, quite a ways. So I was honored to get asked. So happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So let's just kind of start with a little bit of a, of a background, if you don't mind just sharing your story about how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the
1: short version is, uh, you know, most people know I'm not a physical therapist, but everyone knows that I've been working or involved with the physical therapy industry for about nine years, since I 18 years old. Uh, but the whole thing started because when I was in college, You know, I originally went to school for software engineering, and it was my job on campus to find old, outdated paper processes and build software to basically automate it or make it. And so one day, one of our best friends, he was going to physical therapy, and he was throwing a tantrum because he couldn't find, like, all the paperwork and all this stuff. And then me and my partner, Max, were like, well, that's stupid. We can just build something better than that. And so we did. And then it ended up getting picked up. Someone was talking about it at the local uh, sports medicine hospital, which was Bell & Health, the premier sponsor of the Green Bay Packers. And so we ended up getting called in there. they ended up loving it. And it turned into this big thing. We ran this physical therapy software company called Health Snaps for about four years. And uh, we eventually hated it, hated the software life. It's uh, never ending. And it's just putting out fires 24-7. So it burnt us out pretty quick. And so we loved the marketing side of this stuff because the software is basically how to create a great patient experience. That was the, the centerpiece of it. And so we really loved that piece of it. And so we dumped the company and started doing marketing and helping the practices that are already using their software create a better patient experience. And then fast forward that of about four years now, now uh, the company is called Clinical Marketer and we teach practices, everything from Facebook ads to SEO workshops,
0: for building relationships, creating better
1: experience uh, for the patients, that sort of thing. Man,
0: that's amazing. Um, and I actually, I actually didn't know about the software that it was actually a software company that you started. Um, so that that's so interesting. Yeah, you, you've definitely been in, involved in the physical therapy uh, world for for some time now. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's it. That
1: was a very interesting journey that very unorthodox compared to most people's education programs. Like most people are going to school for business. They do all this stuff. Um, most people don't know about this, but I actually didn't finish college because, uh, my senior year I had, I only, I only have like nine credits left right now I could easily go back and finish it, but, um, haven't had a reason to yet. But the whole reason, um, isn't because I'm like a rebel and I hate school and school's stupid. But the, the reason was at the time, that was when my, the software company was really starting to, to pick up and gain some users. And uh, uh, we got offered to go to a startup accelerator program, which is basically a boot camp where they surround you with mentors, super successful, smart people, and they fund your business. And so it was either I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places, and received this funding and just like supercharged my business and myself. Or I stay in school and finish up my like English lit class or something. And I was like, you know, the rest was history, decided to go to that. But yeah, um, kind of learning the game of business through accelerator programs like that was uh, quite the journey. It's very different than the world that you and I live in, where it's like online coaching, self-funded, all this stuff. So
0: it's it's been a ride. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And I think what an opportunity, right, to... Man go into that and get into entrepreneurship, you know, so early on. And I'm curious, like before that, were you interested in starting your own business and going down the art entrepreneurial path? What was that like? I think um, almost subconsciously, like
1: without realizing it, I was like, um, I, when I was really little, like my first thing was I was fixing action figures and toys for my friends, and for my brothers, for cash. And I'd use that cash to go buy like Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, So I started, I did like little hustles like that all growing up. Like I also used to do like a lemonade stand when I was little, but I realized that if I just stood there on the side of the road, very few people would ever stop and actually give me money. But I found out very quickly that if I walk up to their door and tell them I'm selling lemonade, every single person is going to be giving me money. And so I just do that through my whole neighborhood and I made a ton of money doing that. So I didn't always know I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I've always been very entrepreneurial.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, man. I, I love the fact that you use that money to buy Pokemon cards and whatnot. Oh, yeah. That was, that was my big thing growing up. So I'm like, mom, take me to Toys R Us. Let's get some Pokemon cards. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting you mentioned about the lemonade stand because I feel like, you know, so many physical therapy practices and business owners in general, in the beginning, that's kind of what they do is they they put up a sign. They say, hey, we're open. And then they just sit there and wait. Jordan, is is that a good is that a good marketing strategy? No, no, <laughs> of course not. Uh, that, that's such a good segue. That's that's exactly what people do.
1: They it's the build it and think they're gonna come mentality, or think that because you know you get worked your ass off and spent all this money to get this degree that everyone's going to care about the degree as much as you do. Uh, and the the sad reality is people really don't. You have to you know, go to their door and knock on their, on their figurative metaphorical door, uh, and and ask them like, how can I help you? Um, and so that's, that's what we try to help people do for sure. Uh, clinical marketer.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, you know, I, I'm curious, so, you know, for your business now, when you're helping physical therapy practices, if you had to break it down into, let's say the top, top three components that you would recommend any newer business owner really focus on when they're first starting and growing their business, what, what would those three be? It's a good question. So there's a couple of different things. And
1: I'd say the, the first one has nothing to do with actual marketing. It has everything to do with your belief in what uh, how much value you actually provide people. And so a lot of people cripple themselves and they find themselves burning out and building businesses that they absolutely hate because they're undervaluing themselves or they're enslaving themselves to a system that vastly undervalues them. And so I think the first thing that I recommend everybody do is take a good long look at like, what is it that you truly do for people? How big of a transformation are you really delivering to them? Uh, What can you do that's Uh, can increase that value. So you can charge a rate that's going to allow you to, one, pay for all the things in your life and in your business and uh, for the lifestyle you want to have, but also to have enough left over to be able to reinvest in creating a patient experience that's unlike what everyone's become accustomed to and that everyone's so beyond tired of and used to. And so I think that's the first thing people need to do is understand that you're changing people's lives. And if you're just thinking of yourself as the same boring commodity that you were leaving behind at the job that you probably left to start this practice, then, you know, you're going to have a hard time finding the success that you're looking for. So I think that's number one, understand your value, making sure you're charging what you're worth um, and making sure that you're not just doing the same thing that everyone else has been doing. It's, you know, there, there needs to be more innovation happening inside of physical therapy, in my opinion. You don't you don't see a whole lot of it, so yeah. um, that's number
0: one. That's big, you know. I, I think that it's so true because even even when people start to think about you know what am I going to price myself like how how much am I worth the first thing that they typically do is they'll it's it just it still shocks me that people do this is they'll, they'll call their competitors right and ask for prices as if they were you know a patient going to be a patient there and then they typically price themselves a little bit lower to remain quote unquote competitive right. and i'm like <laughs> like you know the the whole perp the whole reason we decided to get out of the insurance model or the traditional healthcare model was to actually provide value And to be seen as an authority and to actually get paid what we're worth. And that's typically the first thing people do. And I'm like, no, like do the complete opposite, you know? So I like
1: to think um, uh, an analogy that's coming up with on the spot. Um, I'm a little thirsty. Maybe that's why this is coming in my mind. But like physical therapists starting their own practice just to charge as much or a little bit below what the like average market is selling it at is a lot like you starting your own craft brewery making your own beer, and then charging the same price as Bud Light or Coors Light. It's like you're crafting this homemade thing that has your own spin on it, that has your own twist on it, that quite honestly, it's just a superior product because there's so much more energy and time and thought that went into creating this thing just the way that you wanted it. You shouldn't be selling it like a Bud Light, and that's what a lot of, a lot of practice owners are doing. They're selling themselves so short and comparing themselves to the commodity space that's out there when really there's so much more than that.
0: Yeah, That's good. Uh, I love the analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a Bud Light. (laughs) So watered down and basic, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So
1: so number two, what do we got? Um, Number two is... Um, so everyone knows that I'm the paid advertising person. And so I, I always recommend someone find a system out there that allows you to leverage uh, some of your assets besides your time. Now, I'm going to get into how to leverage your time in part three here. But because everyone knows me as the Facebook ads guy, it's got to be number two. OK, so if um, you're seeing at least, say, five to 10 visits a week you have enough money to invest into a a Facebook ads budget. And that's where I would be putting some of my time and effort. So the practice that we just launched down in Scottsdale, we're spending um, started off at $15 a day in month one, we came close to doing 10 K in our very first month. Okay. And so if you have the systems, if you have the sales systems and have the packaging and pricing structure in place that can take advantage of leads that are generated through Facebook, then it is something that I think is crazy not to be doing. If you have been, if you aren't experimenting, if you have a system that actually has been proven and actually works, I think it's such a massive loss if that's something that, that you're not doing. Um, and so I love paid ads just because for me, every single thing that I do, every single, my, my only driver in starting my own business is yes, of course impact, but also so that I can have time to do the things that matter the most to me. Like yesterday, my grandpa fell down. It was this big ordeal. My mom couldn't get a hold of my dad. And so she called me she's like, I need help. Grandpa's down on the ground, can't pick him up, all this stuff. And I'm like, perfect. I can cancel whatever I want and I can just go and help him. And so time is more important to me. So I can do things like that impact like that. There's nothing more important than that stuff. And so ads give me the the luxury of having time because instead of focusing all my attention on going out and doing networking and doing JV partnerships and all these other things that require a lot of time and effort. Instead, I know that even if I go and do something like go to help out my grandpa, I know that I have leads coming in and new opportunities to make revenue um, every single day. And so you need to have that. Otherwise what happens when you got to go to a soccer game or it's your anniversary or your grandpa falls down one day. That means you're not making money that day. And there's a ripple effect down the road from all the leads that weren't generated while you're doing that. And so you need some way of regularly and consistently and
0: predictably getting traffic into your business. I love that. And I, I think, I think two, two key things you said, uh, number one, having the right system mm-hmm. and, and processes and experience in place. And you know, a lot of people will, uh, from my personal experience with, with talking to several newer business owners, it's like, oh, I, I tried ads. They don't work. You know, it's like, did you tell me about how, like this trying? Thing. <laughs> or did you go and get those leads? Yeah. So that, that, and also did you have a system of process, like a proven process, like what you have right at clinical marketer where, you know, Hey, like we have the copy, we have the image, we have the back end process. Uh, once those leads do come in and we have this entire system where when those leads start coming in, we can capitalize on them. And it's like, no, I just put an ad out there and nothing happened. It's like, well, you might have the wrong strategy, <laughs> right? Uh, so follow up. Leads are easy. It's, yeah. yeah follow-up sure. yeah totally and and i think that that's key right it, it's knowing you have that down and if you don't know how to do it you hire someone to help you with that and the other the other thing you said that was huge is like you you spend 15 bucks a day right over a span of 30 days what is that 300 bucks am i doing the math right a little bit more 450? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 450 yeah yeah about 450 like in the grand scheme of things like that's not a lot Right. To be able to get to a 10K month in that first month, like that's pretty amazing. Right. So, pretty consistently, I don't want to go too
1: in the weeds on this, but you spend $450 to $600 a month. That's going to get you about a lead every single day. Sometimes every other day, it does fluctuate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But given that this bleed every single day, uh, we see about 40% of all leads are actually getting scheduled on the calendar. Now, a few of those typically you're going to have like a small percentage, like 10, 15% of those no show. Or whatever, but you're getting emails in the door, paid emails, and then is assuming you have a really good structure to one kind of take them through the initial email and while doing it, pre framing them for the package that you know that they need in order to get the, you know, the result that they're ultimately looking for, as long as you have a good process there. And uh, when you do pitch them on a package, they're not just blindsided by it. Um, as long as you have a process for really nurturing them through that and kind of pre framing them along the way, Ads are a fantastic thing, but, it, but as as we said, like you have to have a system in place for doing that. And you know, if you're someone who doesn't sell packages, uh, you're you're definitely at a disadvantage because one, that means that you have to resell this person every single visit, and there there's so many different you know, negative repercussions of, of of doing it that way. And I know a lot of people just feel more comfortable with that because they don't like asking people for large sums of money. But at the end of the day, you know that this person needs six visits not just to get the pain, you know, make the pain go away. We all know in like three or four, usually it's pretty much gone, but to make sure that doesn't come back, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the root cause. And then work that needs to be done on strengthening and preventative work to make sure that not only that doesn't come back, but prevents other injuries in the future that requires six to six to eight visits. And when you can articulate that effectively and sell packages,
0: ads become a heck of a lot more fun. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Awesome. So good. Uh number three. Yeah, give it to yeah. us. <laughs> so number three, um,
1: so this is something that we're doing a lot more of. And so uh, up in so we've run our, our premier program for about a year. We learned a ton. We did a lot of things very well. Um, and we've done some things that you know we totally dropped the ball on. And so what we've discovered lately, um, especially once we launched this this new practice down in Scottsdale about two, three months ago, um, and we put together this crazy plan of okay, our goal is to hit 100K a month in a single year. What are all the marketing and systems pieces that we need in order to do that? And so we collected all of this data uh, from the last several years that we've been doing digital marketing from just Google ads, Facebook ads, YouTube, content marketing, email, everything. We took a look at what worked extremely well, didn't take a lot of time, but also brought in high margin patients. And so that it is hard to find which one of those things were like really the best to stick into this marketing plan. And so we found those pieces, but the most important ones beyond just the digital marketing were the pieces that uh, our partner Ben brought to the table because he is running, I think the most profitable cash practice in the entire country right now, doing over hundred K a month. I don't know if there's another cash practice that's doing more than that. I know none of the cash PT coaches that are out there are doing those kind of numbers. Uh, Don't, unless there's someone very quietly out there, just killing it in the cash PT game. uh, I think, I think you might be. Um, but he grew to about 80 K a month, just using organic methods, using outreach, strategic partnerships and workshops. And so we made that a huge piece of this new program that, that we basically rolled out. And so that's, that is number three for me, because one going out there and building this strategic relationship, there's no way around that. You have to do that. If you want to be seen as number one in your community, you have to get out there and know your community. And so, um, I think every single month, the, the goal that every practice owner should have, especially starting out, is reaching out to at least 10 local businesses. It doesn't have to just be gyms. It can be anything that is in alignment with your values as a business. It could be a smoothie shop, a nutritionist, a, another Cairo, an acupuncturist, doesn't, a Pilates studio. It doesn't have to be just gyms okay, reach out to 10 of them with the intent of getting at least one face-to-face meeting, whether that's Zoom or in person. And then through those, every single month, you should have about two workshops come out as a result of those things every single month. And if you can do those every single month, the compounding effect of those relationships and of those workshops will not only significantly grow your practice and give you that initial caseload that you have, but it'll be supercharged and complement what's coming in through uh, the Facebook ads, because that you know, 60% of people that don't book right away, those people, guess what? You invite them to those workshops, you nurture them, and then the whole thing builds off of one another. It creates this really seamless ecosystem of, you know, just not only leveraging the strategies that get a lot of patients in, but also the ones that
0: don't require all of your time to, to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So good. So good. So to recap is the belief in yourself, your value, your worth. Number two, paid advertising. And number three, organic strategic partnerships, JVs, and workshops. Yep. Get yeah. Got to do something
1: to take advantage of the free leads first. and yeah. Can't avoid that. Even if you suck at it, you can't avoid that because yeah. if you do suck at it, guess what? You are not the version of yourself that is ready to have the level of success that you want to have. And there's no better way of strengthening your resolve and becoming a better, stronger person than throwing yourself to the wolves and going out there and trying to build relationships with other entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I see a lot of people, you know, hiding behind the mask of social media, of, you know, all these different things that you can put out there, but they're not having conversations with which at the end of the day conversations is what's going to end up leading to uh to conversions so uh you can't hide you can't hide you have to get out there as as a business owner so uh, that's, that's so awesome, man. So I know, uh, I, I'd love, I'd love for you to kind of give us some insight into, into how the whole practice that you built and started over the past uh, few weeks actually came about. And what's that looking like for you? Uh, Cause like you, you, you brought it up, you know, you, you uh, started it, you had, uh, I think just shy of a 10 K month, the first month. So what was that, what's that journey been like so far and how did it all come about? Yeah. yeah.
1: So Well, it it all really started like I've had, uh, I've actually wanted to do this for a really long time. It's just all the stars aligned and made it work out. Um, I've always wanted to start my own practice just because, you know, I do get asked a lot like, oh, are you a PT? And then I have to give them this kind of like long, weird story of like why I'm so dedicated to the PT industry. And I'm not just like one of those marketers that just lost their job and decided I'm a professional PT marketer all of a sudden. And so I've always wanted to start my own practice just because one it's a testing ground for every single thing that we want to do because our, our mission and my ultimate goal is for clinical marketer to be the premier provider of marketing education for physical therapists in the whole world. Strictly marketing, any strategy you're looking for, we're the top, the, the bleeding edge of it. And so that's, that's the mission that I'm going after. And so I need a testing ground to test a lot of things rapidly um, without you know risking <laughs> new members and clients' um, results because I want to test the stuff, find out what's the best. Pass it down, and so um, all of a sudden, one of my best friends, he lives down in Scottsdale. Uh, recently, graduated about a year ago, got his DPT, and uh, his job was a very well uh, established practice. I was around for like 20 years, but all of a sudden, some things happened with the owner on a personal level, and they were shutting down. And so he had the two options: either go find another job or start his own practice. And so me, I'm like, dude, don't go, don't go start your own practice, like, or don't go. Get another job. I start your a practice with us. You'll get to work with Ben, Max, and me every single day, and we'll give you the exact formats that we know are working really well right now. And basically, coaching through how to launch and scale this thing with all of us, with Max and I doing all of the digital marketing on the back end. And so um, that was that's kind of how it all started about uh, like a month, month and a half ago, maybe. Um, and so right out of the gates, um, we had to uh, make it happen pretty quickly. Cause he's Scottsdale is not cheap, it, it is expensive. And so we were basically, Promise him like we will take care of covering your rent until we get your patient uh, your caseload up. Uh, We got the um, rent on the the space in the gym that we're renting, and we got um, covering the expenses for all the equipment. Um, But we don't want to continue paying like we want the his the practice be able to pay him, not clinical marketer. And so uh, we know we need to get his caseload up to 15 visits a week as quickly as we can. Uh, Right now we're at about six to seven. Uh, We're on track to hit it uh, this coming month though, Um, but. But from the get-go, it was like, okay, we're going to take care of all these ads. Here's what we're running. Here's all the the sales training that he went through with Ben, how to do the first phone call, the automated systems to make sure that they're being nurtured up until the point where they come in, how to sell packages, that sort of thing. That's definitely a piece that we're working on, helping him be more confident in selling packages. He's never done it before. But he just sold his second um, $2,000 plan of care cash collected up front, which was like a huge moment for him. Cause he, he never thought doing that kind of stuff was possible, but it's funny how things that you think are impossible is the second they happen, all of a sudden you have this whole new perspective and how like easy things really can be. So, so uh, that, that's where we're at right now. I'm sorry. I, I might be, might be rambling, but no, uh, no your
0: question. <laughs> yeah. You answer the question and, and you gave people some hope and belief because it's, it's so true. It's like once, once it happens, it's like, wait a second, if I did that once, I could probably do that again. And it's right. like, right. And, and you start to, to really gain some traction there and momentum. So that, that's awesome, man. Right. So he's, he's a beast.
1: So we're, we're running the Facebook ads, um, but he, his job and what we're on him about is making sure that he's doing all the outreach. Okay, we know we need to do a five to ten outreaches every single week in order to get the face-to-face meetings we need to have the number of workshops that we want to have every single month, and so we're really helping stay on him uh, to make sure that he's executing on that because if he can do that, th- there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to hit all of our numbers. Um, the only other thing that we are doing is we're doing a lot of stuff with his SEO, and so we threw up his website in like a couple of days and. We're doing a lot with google my business and so we um the first week that we launched we're like okay we need to get about as many google reviews as we possibly can so we reach out to his mentors classmates every single person he's helped with any sort of you know treatment before um and we were able to get up about 20 reviews and now we're making sure that he collects them from every new eval that he does uh, to make sure that his uh, local ranking and any like location-based searches these are all things that involve google my business Uh, So we're spending a lot of time optimizing that. So he shows up first on Google for like physical therapy in Scottsdale. So we're doing, we're doing a lot of stuff on that front too. So those, those are kind of the three big things that we're doing in terms of uh, launching and scaling practices, local SEO uh, relationships and paid.
0: Awesome. I love that. Yeah. As I was uh, growing the practice at Renewal Rehab, that was one of the things that I feel like i I did you know really well was was really building up that Google my business page and just dumping it with pictures, making sure I was responding to all the testimonials, you know, tying all the pieces together uh it's it's you know, and it's one of those things that sometimes I'll forget to to mention to people' it's like doesn't everyone have a Google My Business if you have a business? But no, no. So if you're if you're listening to this right now and you don't have a Google My Business account, go get it started. <laughs> Come on. Right. If You don't have a Google My Business account.
1: That means that anytime someone says physical therapy near me or physical therapy in city name, you will not show up for it. Google My Business is a location based like catalog of all businesses in your proximity. And so if you don't have one, you're missing out on a ton of value. If you don't know what the Google Map Pack is, Google Physical Therapy in your city name. And then at the top, there's going to be a square with three businesses in it. It's called the Google 3-pack or Map Pack. Um, And getting in there is actually quite simple if you know how to do it. So uh, collect Google reviews. doesn't matter if you already have a thousand. If they're older than a month, Google ignores them. So make sure you have a steady, consistent flow of Google reviews coming in. and That's going to skyrocket
0: your chances of being in there. Yeah. Yeah. So good, man. Um, You know, I, as, as we were talking a little bit before we were discussing just the entrepreneurial roller coaster, you know, as a whole and how there's this like, you know, there's a, there's this like, you know, bright light and, and we can see like, oh my God, all of our dreams, our goals, our ambitions are, are down this path of entrepreneurship. And we, and, and they, and they are, and they definitely there for us. But I think a lot of people have this misconception that everything is going to be rainbows and butterflies, but it's not always like that. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what your maybe last few months, last year has been, as you've been growing your own business. I think that would be so inspiring and, and helpful and, and really, you know, insightful into, into what, what this world actually entails. Cause, cause there, there is so much reward from the impact the income that we're able to build for ourselves, but it doesn't come without some hardship. So uh, if you don't, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your journey through that, I think it would be super helpful.
1: So, I mean, I want to kind of preface it with the fact that like, like your problems will never, ever, ever go away. They, they mm. might just change, but they, they'll always stay the same. And no matter what lofty goal you have, no matter what, even if you achieve it, you'll realize that nothing really changes. Um, that, that was probably one of my biggest takeaways. So uh, for me, my, you know, the kind of fast version of my story uh, is, you know, I, I, start, I started clinical marketer uh, about two years ago. And before that, I was really struggling as an agency. We were making just enough money to cover our bills. And there's this one day where, or this one month where it was either I'm choosing to cover my rent or I'm choosing to buy some groceries. And so obviously rent had to do it and I had to go hungry for literally days. And there's this one like pivotal moment that changed a lot of stuff for me where um, I was looking at my fridge like the eighth time that day. It um, you, you probably wasn't actually eight, but it felt like eight. You, you know, like when you don't really have anything that you feel like eating. So you should keep going back and like lowering your standards every time. Like it was like that, but my fridge was empty. And there, there's this one, there's only one real thing in that fridge that was like edible. And it was this little green or little yellow square that was in the back of my fridge. I'd fallen behind the like see-through drawer. So I could just barely see this thing. And it was a craft single that had probably fallen down there like three or four months prior. And I remember I actually took a picture of this thing because I was looking at it and I was thinking like, how long until I cave and I'm going to eat this old cheese? And it was like this really, really low moment of my life it was probably one of the low lowest if not the second lowest moment of my whole life and I actually broke down I like cried there in my kitchen I took a picture of this thing I told myself like I was never gonna be in that situation again I was gonna make it make all this stuff happen and so I I, the reason I'm telling the story is because like no matter where you're at or how low you are like that moment transformed my whole life and so there's this thing where it's like your lowest moments might break you, but as long as you can like keep pushing forward and get through those things, life has this funny way of turning our biggest defeats into our greatest victories. And now that is a story that has helped me and helped so many other people as I've told it, kind of push through their stuff and see the fact that no matter how bad things are right now, if you can pick yourself up and just keep going, you will make it eventually. And so that's where I started Clinical Marketer. I got out of the agency space, Uh, And I started really like teaching people how to do this stuff. And that's when we really started to to make some money and things started to change. Um, But even as we grew that and we hit revenue goal after revenue goal, like it was, it was like almost overnight, finally, for the first time in my nine years of entrepreneurship, we finally were making some money and it's hard, it's grueling. um, But something that I think is really important that no one really, really talks about is, you know, like I hit a goal two months ago that, I didn't even know it was possible. It's something I'd dreamt of since I was 19. And that's having over 100K a hundred k month in your business. And that's something that I've dreamt of. I thought I wanted it more than anything, but quite honestly, when we hit it, I didn't feel anything whatsoever. It wasn't special. It was just kind of another day. I was like, Oh crap. Like we did. Huh. And just like, I was sitting there trying to feel like this big like thing, like, ex- like wondering like, why don't I feel different? And it's like nothing changes. And the part that's really surprising, this is where the the real learning, that probably the biggest, most important lesson that I've made in my life or entrepreneurial life uh, came from is the the weeks that followed that hundred K month, I've never in my life been closer to quitting my business and to giving up than those couple of weeks. And it was I was miserable. Like I was miserable. I'd achieved something that I've dreamt of for years, yet I was completely miserable. And the, the reason that I did realize that, you know, I was so mi- miserable is because I was so attached to that number. Like I hit the hundred K month and then my ego kind of stepped in. I'm like, oh, I'm a hundred K a month entrepreneur now. Like I need to do it every single month. And the next month we did maybe half that. And then the month after that, we even went down like a, a little bit again, like we're right in that same ballpark. We haven't, we only hit that that hundred K month once we haven't done it again since hoping this month or next month, we're, we're getting close. we figured some things out, but I, I realized that pursuing a number is going to kill you. Uh, if you have attachment to certain, certain goals, like that, it's, a, it's good to strive for it, but you cannot be emotionally attached to it. You have to separate yourself from like, you are not how much money your business makes. There are a lot of people I know that in my opinion are freaking millionaires. They're going to be millionaires. You look at him and you're just like, I know this guy's got it. Like you Javier, you're like, you got it, man. But like maybe the the revenue's not there. There's a lot of practice owners that think they're failures because they're not making 20 K a month yet. When in reality, it's like, you just haven't gotten there quite yet. Like you're, you are that person. And you just because you're making like 3000, $4,000 a month does not mean you are not like amazing. And so I had to step back away from the numbers and focus on, just the, the journey of growing and enjoying every single second of it, uh, and let go of the the ego associated with how much money you're making. Because um, honestly, it, it damn near killed me for a little while being so so attached to you know my identity being tied to how much money I made, and so had to completely kill that. Highly recommend reading "Ego is the Enemy" that book helped me so much. I, I read it for the second time during that time. And then I realized I'm like, the only reason I'm miserable right now is because I'm disappointed that I'm not this person and it, it's stupid. It's stupid. And so there, there's so many ups and downs, but you can mitigate the damage done on the roller coaster that you were inevitably going to ride on the roller coaster. If you don't attach yourself emotionally to the goals that you have and just Focus on, you know, if there's a problem, okay, what's the most important problem? Let's just solve that and just take it one step at a time. As long as you can do that, compounding effort's going to do its thing, and you're going to hit your goal eventually. Wow,
0: that that is so powerful, man. I, I really appreciate you sharing that because it's real. It's 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 you know something that I think I think every single one of us uh, at some point uh, struggles with. And if you haven't gotten there yet, you know it, it'll come up for sure. And it, it reminds me of of the quote by. Tony Robbins, uh, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And, and, you know, it's so, it's so easy to chase the numbers and to chase the money and to chase all of that. And it's, it's not that it's bad, it's great. But if that's, if that's, and I'm speaking for myself here too, like if that's, and it's been like that for me, right. If that's a singular focus, you're not going to be happy along the way. And then what's the point of it all? So that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, uh,
1: it's a lot more fun when you can turn it all off and just like go on a walk, go spend time with, with your girlfriend or significant other. And uh, don't, don't worry so much about the numbers because after all it's like monthly revenue goals. I mean, those are just arbitrary dates that don't actually matter. Like why is the 30th whether or not you make a certain amount of money by the 30th have anything to do with how good you are at what you do. You know, it's like there's all these arbitrary deadlines we put on ourselves that just creates stress for no freaking reason. It's like, just keep yeah. going, just keep going. Turn it off. Go take a walk. Find some peace um, uh, in all this stuff. But you, entrepreneurship's too hard not to set actual time aside to just decompress. You have yeah. to do it, otherwise you'll explode.
0: Totally. Yeah, I think it's so it's so interesting as as we talk about that because one of the things that we have you know, our clients do is, is basically break down before they put anything on their calendar that has to do with business, put all the personal stuff that you feel like you have to do to keep you, to keep you good, to keep you grounded, to keep you feeling energized. And, and when you do those things, you know, that the rest of your day is going to, is going to, you know, be a lot better. And typically when someone starts to have bad days or they start to get off, including myself, it's cause I started to get out of my daily habits that make me feel good. Um, so I think that's so important, but not just day to day, also, you know, planning a month ahead, you know, 90 days ahead, six months ahead, not just from a business perspective and, and the goals that we have, but also, you know, hey, a, a month from now on this weekend, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna have a staycation, right? You know, shut off all social media, all technology, and just like chill, you know, spend time with my family. And I think it's so easy to push those things to the side, but it's so funny because that's what we tell ourselves that we're doing it all for to begin with. Right. And it's like, we don't have to do it and then enjoy life. It's like, no, you can enjoy life along the way. But we, I think we all need that that constant reminder every now and again. You, you know, know?
1: It's, it's so hard. Like, I am no one's perfect at this. It's so hard to like remember to do that because it's like, you have these like massive goals that, you want to take, you're responsible for hitting them. And especially if you have like team members, like, Mm. like you don't want to let them down. And it's so hard, but people don't realize that it's like, if you don't let yourself slow down, you are hurting those people because you can't be your best self. You can't show up and be your best where you're actually going to get the results needed in order to take care of that person. And so more often than not, the best thing that you can do is not push down on the gas, but like pump those brakes, mm. take a break, come back to it with fresh
0: and hungry eyes later. Yeah. That's so good, man. So good. Well, this has been so amazing, Jordan. I really appreciate your time with us here uh, today. I have one more question for you. And then if you don't mind sharing uh, with our audience where they can find you uh, last question, I'd love to hear your vision. What, what are your plans for your life and business in the next five years? Ooh, life and business in the next five years. Number one, being, not just the premier
1: marketing education program for physical therapists in the world to me, but to everyone, I want it to be a staple name that every practice owner knows, not just in physical therapy, but eventually expanding to others. And before you hire an agency, you check to see if there's sort of a clinical marketer certified agency proven to actually one has a high success rate and actually knows their stuff. Um, and so I, that, that's, that's where I want to be where Practices come to train their teams where they come to educate and level themselves up, but also where they go to verify um, other agencies because there, there's far too many that are, are garbage that have met, took in a program that taught them how to sell high ticket things, but have no idea how to deliver on high ticket services. Mm-hmm. And so um, that that's the vision for, for clinical marketer for me, for my life. Um, I want to be working maybe three, four hours every single day. I want to be able to spend as much time as I, hum, as I can by at that time, five years from now from my wife, hopefully uh, some kids and getting to spend a lot of time traveling. Um, I'm really close with my family as my nieces and my nephews. Um, so I, I want to be able to be as much as a part of their lives as I possibly can so that they <laughs> don't turn up like the rest uh, of my family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, that, that's so funny, man. We, we, we both have the, the same intentions with that as well. So i
1: will love to talk over, talk about that sometime whenever
0: we are able to hang out and sit down and have a, have a beer or something. Yeah, man, let's freaking do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll head over there and then, you know, one weekend you head over here and we'll have a good time. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> Awesome brother. Uh, if you don't mind just uh, sharing with, with the audience where they can find out more about about you and what you do. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love for them to know. Yeah. So the best place you can go to not just learn about me, but gain access to other materials
1: is uh, our Facebook group at clinical marketer daily patient acquisition strategies for physical therapists. Uh, you can always reach me on Facebook, Jordan Mather, M-A-T-H-E-R.
0: Um, or you can go to our website, which is clinical-marketer.com. Beautiful. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. And for everyone listening, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn how to build a successful business. So I have something special just for you. If you are a healthcare expert who is in business or is aspiring to be, and you're curious about how to grow a profitable, impactful business, then you are going to want to pay attention because as a listener of this show, I want you to win. So I've created a bundle of resources exclusively for the listeners of Healthcare Business Radio. If you want to know how to increase your income, impact more people, and build a business that works for the lifestyle that you want and that serves your family at the highest possible level, head over to healthcarebusinessradio.com forward slash insider right now so you can win big in your healthcare business and in life.